BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to The Daily Break. I'm Andrew Tallman. Here's what's happening today at Newsweek. WNBA star Brittany Griner has been languishing in Russian prison for over a month on drug charges related to her having her baggage inspected at a Moscow airport where they claimed that they found hashish oil in a vape cartridge in her bags, a, a cannabis product. Finally, someone from the State Department was allowed to meet with her inside the Russian prison, as State Department spokesman Ned Price told CNN this morning. We were able to check on her condition. We will continue uh, to work very closely with her legal team. Our official found Brittany Griner to be in good condition, and we will continue to do everything we can uh, to see to it that she is uh, treated fairly throughout this ordeal. So that's encouraging. At least she's doing fairly well. And of course, having the State Department access to her is a step in the right direction. Now, one of the things that's been brought up in connection with her detention is the allegation of comparison between a female basketball star like Brittany Griner and what would be the case if male basketball stars like, I don't know, Steph Curry or LeBron James traveled to Russia and were detained there on charges like this that may well be entirely trumped up or at least are fairly minor by, you know, international criminal standards. But as it turns out, the lack of attention and the lack of headlines that this case has really gotten might not be a byproduct of gender bias, might more be a byproduct of advice being given to people to keep a little bit quiet about this. The speculation goes that if the Russian government under Vladimir Putin thinks of her as an example or a bargaining chip with the United States, that would only raise the difficulty for her. On the other hand, if this is just some side note, not all that big of a deal, doesn't get a lot of public attention, maybe things go a little bit easier. So the advice that appears to be coming maybe unofficially from the State Department to family and friends is just wait, be patient, and hopefully something can be done. In the meantime, she's waiting pretrial detention and a jail in Moscow. Uh, her trial, although we're hoping to expedite it, might not even start for, say, a couple of months till May. And time will tell what the outcome of her case turns out to be. Turning now to northern Kenya, where wildlife activists have some really good news. In January, in the Samburu National Reserve in northern Kenya, they had observed an elephant giving birth to a very rare thing, twins, a boy and a girl. It's so rare that only about 1% of all elephant births are twins, and the problem is that typically twins don't survive. The mother doesn't have enough milk to feed two calves, and feeding two at once causes a strain, and in fact what often happens is one will die, often even both die, because of neither of them really getting what they need. The last twins born in the area recorded in 2006, and both of them died shortly after birth. So when the researchers spotted them, they were concerned that maybe neither one of them would make it to adulthood or even to middle childhood. However, conservationists with the Lion Protection Project Iwaso Lions discovered them alive and well on March 19th and 20th. Now, the Save the Elephants organization has been monitoring the particular herd that they were spotted with, and the mother, Bora, has raised a calf successfully before, which probably gave her the experience in order to keep both of them alive in what is a relatively drought-stricken area, an additional surprise in this. Part of the challenge of continuing to track what are now being called the Miracle Twins elephant babies is that the herd is not outfitted with tracking collars, something that hopefully they can remedy in the future if they ever do come back to the area. 
We've all heard the stories of the great resignation or the great quit or the great leave or whatever it is that's going on where people are leaving their jobs during the pandemic and then not really coming back to them. And in the middle of this, you've got employers saying they can't find enough people to hire them, but you also have employees or candidates saying that they can't get good responses back from companies and that the companies aren't doing a very good job of even processing their applications. Into the middle of this fairly complicated narrative, you have a story that shows up on TikTok of a guy who tried applying for a job with a coffee company on three different occasions, April of 21, December of 21, and then just a few weeks ago. And then suddenly, weirdly, he got an email from the company saying that he didn't show up for a job interview that they'd scheduled with him in December. But when he applied in December, he says he reached out, got in contact, and they said they were going to send him times, which they never did, but they think they did. Here's where it gets weird. The email they got had him as a CC on an internal discussion about why he was not ever showing up for the interviews and why he was a problem candidate and they probably aren't going to go with him. The quote from the email that was shown on TikTok is, well, that's interesting. Okay, so let's reject him. <laughs> so if you're a job applicant and you're suddenly getting the super top secret internal email discussion about your hiring process where they decide to not hire you, that can be a little bit weird. He says it wasn't his fault. He would never no-call, no-show an interview. And his first response to the accidental CC was just, ouch. And then he sent a second longer reply explaining about the interview times in the mix-up and asking if they can actually schedule an interview. Then screenshots to prove evidence that he had not received any information, since which the company based in New York has gone completely silent. So now they're ghosting him after CCing him. Comments online range everywhere from, you don't want to work with a company that's that disorganized, to, man, I wish I got copies of emails like this, because at least then I'd know why I was ghosted. With the consensus seeming to be, you're probably better off without being at a company that's that disorganized. But it's weird, because you do hear these stories about people who want to get jobs, try applying, and don't hear back, and all we ever talk about on the news is how employers can never find employees. So what's the mismatch? Maybe it's because some people don't know the difference between reply all and CC and just giving somebody a call to tell them what's going on. That's it for the Daily Break. Be sure to head over to Newsweek.com for these stories and more, including our growing podcast lineup. And please consider subscribing to our digital and print editions of Newsweek if you haven't already. Before you go, hit that five-star review, and that tells me and my bosses that you think I'm doing an okay job. I'm Andrew Tallman. Thanks for listening to the Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek. Newsweek.